So the next part of it is uh, once you kind of feel the energy start to dissipate, so you, you, you're, you're, still, you're trying to still speak at that person, but you're just really not feeling it anymore. You're not really feeling as angry. It's harder and harder to, to embody this, this voice and this character. It starts to dissipate. Just like let yourself gradually kind of stop and um, ideally just kind of lay there with your, your palms up and just like chillax for like a minute, you know, or like 30 seconds and just realize how, if, how you feel differently than before at this moment. And um, it's also good to tune into your body and physical sensations at this point uh, because it can be, a lot could be happening. You might feel like some tingling sensation coming over your body, which is sort of like, um, you can think of it as like energy sort of releasing. Um, you might feel like just a little bit lighter, calmer. Um, the mind might not have as much going on. So these are all, um, you know, kind of good signs that something really was released. You know, it's sort of that like, so and just enjoy that relief <laughs> and, and really tune into that because tuning into how you feel before and after doing this process will also train you to remember, wow, I should do this. Wow, I should do this. Wow, I should do this. Each time you feel triggered, remember, remember, I know how to release this. I know what to do. Um, I don't have to run from this anymore. So it's good to really like savor that um, experience that happens right after the release. Um, and then um, it can be good to uh, do some, um, you know, kind of like identifying, you know, not all that happened, right? This voice came out, like kind of just sort of whittled down, like what, what's, what's kind of the real lie <laughs> that, uh, that was really perpetuating this whole situation, right? It kind of, there, there's probably many of them, but um, it usually boils down to something pretty simple when you really think about it. So you can just take a few moments to just sort of reflect. This part I actually tend to sometimes like to do in a journal as well, but it's good to kind of summarize um, and maybe even give a name to this character because if this is, especially if it's the first time he arose, it's probably gonna come up again. Don't expect uh, these kind of lies to be um, completely dissipated in the first go. It just doesn't really happen that way. It kind of gets chipped away over time. Um, so let's say with this like jealousy thing, um, you know, you kind of boil that down to um, the sense of, okay, well, let's see, this character was obviously like very jealous. What was he believing? Well, he was believing that, um, you know, this, uh, this ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that was with this other partner meant something about him. Okay, well, what did it mean about him? All right, so you can just kind of like ask your questions to yourself, you know, he's kind of like being your own therapist, uh, but it's actually quite empowering, you know. It's quite empowering to know, and not that there's anything wrong with going to healers or coaches or, or therapists or anything like that, but it's, it's also just really, really empowering knowing that you can do this completely on your own, and it relieves so much anxiety and stress because when you know that you can dissipate it on your own, you don't have to like hold this in until you finally get to your like therapist's office a week later. You, know? you, can, you can already start to figure out what's going on on your own. Um, so you can try to like kind of whittle it down and be like, okay, well, you know, yeah, they were believing that. And, and then ultimately, I guess it comes down to when I saw her with him and I saw him with her, um, it meant that I wasn't special anymore. Okay, well, why do you, why do you need to be special? Um, why, why, why does that like make you not feel special? Well, I guess it's because, you know, by seeing like other people, um, how other people are acting, like so this pe people being together, it, it means something about me. Okay, so basically you're saying you think other people's actions and opinions mean something about you. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That, that kind of makes sense. Um, <laughs> and then you kind of just continue to whittle it down and you finally get to, okay, wow, I guess I, I completely draw 
I guess I felt like I'm not good enough, right? I felt like this whole thing meant I'm not good enough. Okay, well, why did it mean you're not good enough? Oh, well, that's because I pretty much derive my entire sense of self by what other people think about me. So when other, when my ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend runs off with some other partner, that's something that's actually completely about them. It has nothing to do with me, but I take other people's actions and I make that a part of my, I, I draw conclusions from that to derive my own sense of self. Similarly, um, you know, because my, uh, someone said, uh, you know, someone said that uh, my business was a, was a bad idea and it was going to go to shit, right? And then, oh, or they said that they, they were making fun of me for, for starting this whole stupid, stupid idea or, or wanting to make a change or whatever. You know, you're basically taking somebody else's opinions of you and, um, and dri- deriving your self, self-esteem from that. So it kind of comes down to this formula. Um, my own self-worth is proportional to the amount of approval I get from others. <laughs> so this also works the, re- the reverse way, right? Even if, even if you didn't get triggered and you got really excited and you were like, oh my God, like this, this, uh, like this new girl I started dating or this new guy I started dating, they're so smart, they're so attractive and they want to be with me, right? Like that's still deriving, that's still the, yeah, that, that part might feel better and the feelings might be better, so it might not trigger you, but um, it's still deriving your self-esteem from something outside of you. So in a way that that's kind of, so it's good to kind of boil the formula down so you can kind of see the various ways it interacts in your life. Um, and it's good to actually do that because the more you see how it interacts in your life, the more um, aware you become of it. And, and it doesn't mean like, oh my God, now I'm aware of all these things. Now I should judge my things, judge judge myself every time this happens. That's not the right approach to go. And that's what tends to happen because a lot of times when you start doing this work, you do become aware of more and more of these shadow aspects of your ego. Um, and there tends to be more and more judgment because you become more aware of all these unconscious ways you're playing them out. However, that's really not the way to go about it. Um, it's, it's just about self-awareness and it's about releasing these things, it's not about judging yourself for, for having them. And that's really important to remember because it's a huge, huge tendency that I and trap that I fell into many times as well. But in any, in any case, once you have the formula, okay, formula being, and this is probably a relatively common formula for people, honestly, so if you don't think it applies to you, then you might want to rethink it uh, a, little, a little deeper. But yeah, um, it basically comes down to that uh, my, my self-worth is proportional to the approval, recognition, um, whatever I get from other people. And then you can see, okay, well, wow, yeah, yeah, that was the whole reason I was in that previous relationship because it gave me a sense of self-worth. And, and when that person left, it made me feel less of a self-worth because I no longer had this other person who wanted to be with me and that made me feel less recognized. Oh yeah, that, you know what, that, now that I think about it, that whole reason I was pissed off when like, whenever my business wasn't doing well, I was also related to that because I felt like when my business wasn't doing well, then other people wouldn't perceive me as successful. And because I was, well, you know what, actually the whole reason I started that business was because I wanted other people to think I was successful. And I, I thought, you know, the the idea of society's uh, definition of success was like b- being successful business person, right? That, that's pretty accepted within my community, at least in my people, as like seeing that you kind of made it and you get lots of great approval from everybody around you and they all tell you how proud they are of you and how successful you are. So yeah, man, like the whole reason I did that was because I wanted to feel like a, a grounded sense of sense self-worth, a high sense of self-worth. And because my self-worth is proportional to what other people think about me, um, so that's what I did. 
so you, you can kind of realize how these different programs, they didn't just run this one little area of your life, they were running all of these different areas. They, they were, this, it's a core program, you know, it's like, it's just like a software program. If then, then this, if, if somebody thinks I'm shitty, then my self-worth goes down, you know, it's like, it's all these if then formulas that are programmed into us, just like a computer, it's really no different. It's like if then formulas all day long or as they'd call them in programming, it's like if then, or it's like a function, you know? You, once once the function gets triggered, it always has the same output. <laughs> output is very consistent. So basically, well, another way to think about it for us uh, tech geeks out there is what this whole process is doing is clearing out this like legacy code, basically, that we're running, you know? And all of this code was, was um, implemented and written in the first part of our lives to have this kind of more limited experience of being this sort of like artificially intelligent software program. <laughs> but then uh, over time, we clear out these lines of code, these, these like kind of legacy lines of code, and, and then we don't have to be this like crappy piece of software anymore, right? Then we realize, whoa, like I, I'm, I'm, not this, I'm not this software at all. You know, I was never this software. Um, so it's, it's actually, it can be, um, you know, a very empowering process. Um, so basically, once you realize this, this line of code, you can kind of become a w more aware of all the different ways it's affecting your life, and uh, it can actually help you make certain decisions differently as well. Um, so the other thing you want to do is uh, here is um, now is a good time to like journal about this as well, is in terms of um, you know showing yourself that's a lie. It's like, okay, cool. You identified that like your self-worth is... Um, is proportional to what other people think about you. It's externally derived. Um, that's that's a really great insight, right? But but it's still it, just because you became aware of it doesn't mean it's not there, right? That okay, it's cool. It's like you finally you were able to open up the code base. You read, you looked at the list of functions in there, and you, you saw one function pretty clearly. You finally understand how this function is operating, how it affects like all these different areas of the application. But um, you didn't actually delete the code. It's still there. So this is the part um, where you have to, actually, you know what, it, it did become a little shakier when you when you started to release that emotion, that, that's part of how it was kept in place, right? It's kind of like deflating a balloon. You, you, did, you, did, you did have this balloon that kind of got deflated a little bit. Um, but basically, you still have to really challenge this belief. So, so you got this formula here, now is when you challenge it. And this is the really great way to do it in journaling. So the way you challenge it is just by having a very simple and very honest look at whether this is really true or not. Because look, if it's true, then it's true. Like, what do you want to do? Like, maybe X, maybe my self-worth is, like, sh like it's true that self-worth is correlated with um, other people's opinions. Like, that's an objective truth. So if that's an objective truth, then like, well, why should I change this code? Because it's just true. Um, so for example, you might take this formula and be like, okay, is this true? Like, is, is a person's worth directly related, correlated with other people's opinions of them. And you might at first glance be like, no, no, of course not. Um, but then, you know, you think about it and like, and don't be afraid to like play devil's advocate for this. Like go on both sides. Cause there's a part of you that believes it. Trust me. <laughs> there's a part of it that really believes it. So you have to challenge it seriously. You can't just, I mean, yes, in the end, none of these are true. They're all just lies and that's a given. So you, you but you can't just skip steps. You got to really play it out fully. And you might say, well, 
let's look. Well, you know, it kind of seems like that's the case. Like, how do we know if somebody's worth, like worth a lot or very valuable or very successful, you know, and, and unless we look at all the people that look up to them and uh, approve of them. Well, in fact, look, a lot of my heroes, like, you know, well, you know, I, one of my heroes is, is Elon Musk. And, and look, he's done all this great things and he's gotten lots of recognition of it. So, and he deserves that recognition. You know, he is better than me. He is more worthy than me. He is more accomplished than me, right? Like how else do we know someone's value in society unless we look at the amount of recognition they get from others, right? So, you know, and then, <laughs> and then boom, you just realize, you just, more of the program starts to unfold itself and you realize, whoa, that's the reason I thought all these other celebrities and stuff were, were I looked up to them. I looked up to them because I, I derive a person's worth by the amount of recognition they get. That's why I think Elon Musk is so much better than X and Y friend or family member right? It's because it's not really objectively true. It's just, I believe that. So it doesn't only affect me, it also affects the way I see other people. And I, the reason I believe that is like the, my believing that is why I projected it back on myself. Maybe not everyone even believes this, you know, maybe other people believe that your self-worth is proportional to the amount of candy you can eat in a day. <laughs> so um, you can kind of continue to challenge these and more and more things will come out and come out and you, and you need to like kind of go back and forth with it, writing it, um, playing devil's advocate on both sides and, and tr ultimately coming to whatever um, the truth really is. Um, and um, just some hints here too. <laughs> the truth always feels like very light. It always feels very freeing. It always feels very open. It always feels very, um, yeah, just it always so anytime something feels kind of like constraining or heavy, like you already know off the bat that you're you're believing something isn't true. So that's also a nice rule of thumb. But yeah, you really have to kind of challenge these things and see all the different ways because then more more and more lies can kind of continue to come out, kind of like sub programs that are holding holding this one together. Um, and then you know, and you can like kind of play both sides of it too, like I was saying. So you can say, well, you know. Like well, if everybody else thinks some gives someone a lot of recognition, maybe that does mean that they they are more have more worth, right? In society, well, you could say. I mean, Elon Musk. I mean, he had a much bigger impact on on a lot of people. So, and if everybody if everybody else thinks that he's really good, then he must be really good. And you say, well, is that always true? Like, is every like is the majority's opinion always right? I mean, well, there was a time when the majority of the world thought the Earth was flat, and now we figured out that it's round. And then uh, later we figured out there isn't even an Earth that we like dreamed about being a person on Earth, and that's not that's even that's not true. Um, so we can say, okay, well, I guess the major like the majority of people believing something doesn't really make it true. So what does make something true? And then you know you kind of just like continue down that uh, path until you you really very logically and very rationally realize that um, what you were believing is really no longer the case, that uh, people's, people have all sorts of criteria for determining their own self-worth and other people's self-worth. It varies by culture. It varies by ethnicity. Um, some people think you're more worthy if you are um, successful and have your own business. In other contexts, you're a six in, in like, let's say a place like India or certain parts of India, it's more about like your spiritual attainment um, is, is more guided toward your, your self-worth. In another culture, it might be um, that you're, you created a really good family, right? Or especially, let's say, 
if you're a woman in one society, it might look at it as um, extremely successful if you create your own business. In another society, um, they might look at it as you're unsuccessful because you you dis uh, you you threw away your your true role in society, which is to have a family and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's very arbitrary actually how people assign self worth. You realize, wow, it's so arbitrary and it varies so much by um, by region and ethnicity. Maybe we just make it all up. Um, maybe we just completely, somewhat arbitrarily, pick up this self worth based off of our community and it's not really objectively true and therefore I can come up with my own <laughs> definition of self-worth or I could just throw the whole thing out the window you know <laughs> so um, you know and then, and then you can kind of and then you ultimately want to come to what you really feel is the truth in the end so in the in this example it would be something like no my self-worth is not proportional to other people's recognition of me other people's recognition is actually completely a completely arbitrary thing that's completely dependent on my socio uh, socioeconomic societal all the conditioning around my upbringing and um, you know what I I'm perfectly great just the way I am I'm worthy I'm I am I see myself as successful and really my own opinion is really the only opinion that matters <laughs> because there isn't really anybody else anyway um, so you know you can ultimately come to um, a more empowering truth and again the truth will set you free so you will uh, sense a greater sense of freedom when you've come to something that's true and it should feel that way right that okay this was just an arbitrary program there's nothing about it that's true there's there's nothing about my self-worth that has anything to do with anybody else and then you can even once you kind of come to that truth you can explore some of the weight some of the new decisions that you can make as a result you'd be like okay well now that i don't care what anybody else's opinion of, is of me i don't have to keep running this business i don't want to do or at least i don't have to make it like this huge massive success you know that creates billions of dollars i guess as long as it's making enough money to like support my lifestyle that kind of works you know and then I can do what I really wanted to do which was actually just go like travel around the world and uh, explore and go on adventures and whatever right or um, you can realize that you can finally get out of that relationship that's been toxic for you because you realize that you don't like your partner's opinion of you or even having a partner at all doesn't mean anything about you it doesn't mean anything about you at all because um, you don't need somebody else's opinion to validate yourself um, so you can kind of focus on all the new opportunities that, that can come up as a result. Another thing that um, might be good to do at this point or maybe even a bit earlier in the process is you can you can re-examine that trigger, right? You can you can look back at that at that picture on Facebook or um, some other or, or just imagine some similar scenario to that interaction with that uh, partner or coworker that you had an agreement with. Just think about them or think about the scenario and see if it bothers you as much. Just just notice whether it really bothers you as much. Um, it's a good way of just checking in to see like whether something was actually released or not. And it, and it doesn't mean that you won't still have any negative emotions. Like you probably will for quite some time. It, it's not all released overnight. Uh, but notice if it's like maybe a little bit less than before, right? Like you you look at that picture again, or you you imagine that scenario again that happened earlier with the coworker, and it just doesn't really piss you off as much as it did before. Um, and you know that's a good sign that that uh, perhaps something was released. When we we, re we revisit the same trigger, it doesn't bother us as much as more, and then we're a little bit more free. You know, we're just a little bit more free. Um, so another thing that uh, can often happen, especially when you start making progress on these things, and it, again, I kind of talked about this a little bit before, but it's a little bit of a 
counterintuitive thing that oftentimes that trigger will actually arise, keep arising again and again in different forms. Um, usually have a similar theme to it. it. Usually works on like one theme at a time or maybe a couple themes at a time. Um, but usually it'll have a theme to it. But various uh, scenarios will arise that continually trigger that thing. And you might be like, God, why is it still bringing up this whole thing? Because because I thought I released this already. I thought I already worked on this. Well, if it's still pissing you off, then obviously <laughs> it's not fully released. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't even bother you that the scenario was arising. So it's not like there's some evil person out there who's like creating these scenarios and testing you. And it's not even like the people who are rising in your life are purposefully pissing you off and, and whatever. No, no, it's just it's, it's scenarios that you at a higher level are creating to further release. It's kind of like, you know, if you're deflating that balloon, you're squeezing, you're squeezing that last bit of air out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or like you already threw up and now like you got to put a couple fingers down your throat to get the last bit out, uh, which I don't recommend, but you see what I'm saying here. So the scenario will continue to rise until you continually deflate and deflate and deflate this trigger um, or deflate this, this wound. And basically you just believe the lie less and less each time, you know, and, uh, and then eventually you'll find that the trigger will come up. And, and actually, some actually, what happens is some some the the scenarios tend to get a little bit more difficult each time as well, um, because like that's that's the way to kind of squeeze the last bit of air out because you need a little bit more pressure to get the last bit out. So you might be like, let's say when you see that that Facebook picture, you know, it doesn't really bother you anymore. You're like, okay, this doesn't really bother you anymore. Um, you know, and you're like, okay, cool. Like, wow, I'm so so free of this. Like, I'm I'm totally free now. I don't feel any more jealousy to anybody. No more attachment to anybody. Um, I'm so free now. Boom. And then, then you go out to dinner and then you see in person a different ex-girlfriend or boyfriend and they're just like making out at the dinner table. And then you just fluff, you know, just throw your plate up in the air and storm out. Like <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the tests, the people, these are referred to as tests. Um, but they're, they're, they kind of are tests, but it's, it's, it's basically mirrors to show you where you're at and continue to show you that, hey, uh, yeah, you, you might have released a little bit, but you still got a little more, more to go, buddy. We're not going to give up on you until you release this, this lie completely. We want you to have complete freedom that no matter what kind of scenario comes up in the dream, it does not affect your peace, does not affect your happiness, does not affect your joy. Um, you know, so the, don't be surprised if the scenarios start kind of upping their game <laughs> over time. So first you kind of have like your, your white belt, yellow belt test, and then it kind of ups to the blue belt uh, test, and then, you know, the black belt test, and I think I skipped a couple belts in between there. I think there's like a red and a purple and whatnot, but um, you see what I'm saying. And then by the end of it, like you're the freaking black belt, you know, and like no matter what scenario comes at you, you see it for what it is. Up, oh, not going to get me with that one. I know what this is. I know what this is about. Um, swat it away like it's a fly, um, except don't hurt the flies. They didn't do anything to you. I don't know why you'd swat a fly. Um, but you see what I'm saying? You know, you swat it away. No big deal. And then uh, a new a new theme starts arising. Um, and again, it's not a bad thing. It's a grace. It's helping you get, uh, get rid of your next lie, delete that next line of code. Um, and and don't be surprised if the next the next uh, <laughs> the next theme it doesn't it doesn't fight karate. It plays chess. So it's a whole different ball game. Just because you released one doesn't mean you can release the next one. But the the whole process becomes more familiar, and it actually does get easy over time. So um, that's kind of a nice way to to think about it um, so it kind of keeps it keeps occurring keeps occurring until it's fully released and the next theme starts pattern repeats 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 
and again it's all guided by this intelligence it knows like what your deepest lies are the ones that are most impacting your level of freedom and it kind of goes after those as as well so um Another thing that you can do, I mean, there is an intelligence to bring these themes up, but once once you've identified a theme, you know, let's say it's like this 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 proportional self-worth thing, you can just trigger it on your own. <laughs> I'm going to make up a term here, and I'm going to call it um, proactive triggering. You know, proactive triggering. Um, so you know, if you don't want all these like really annoying scenarios to keep. Pre- uh, presenting themselves uh, to heal you, you can kind of be a little more proactive about the process. Start just like like spending some time um, throughout the week, maybe like after your morning meditation, which I hope you're doing, <laughs> and and do and do it proactively. Like lay down, like look up some pictures that you know will will trigger you. You know, so maybe like if this person that screwed you over in the past. And you know you still hold some resentment towards them. Look at a picture on them. Uh, pull up their profile picture. Look at them. Immediately, you'll start feeling some negative emotions arising. And then you can start just imagining things. You know, again, they can even be fictional scenarios that you know would piss you off. You know, it could be just like imagining this person, like, um, you know, just like screwing you over in different ways and whatever. You can imagine that uh, X being intimate with somebody else and whatever. Um, you can just imagine things that would trigger you. And then life won't actually have to present you with the scenarios because you've already kind of proactively been releasing it. So that's also another way to think about it. You don't have to just wait for really annoying shit to happen. You can you can think of, especially as, as less and less stuff bothers you, um, you might start have to, you might need to start doing this because um, there's just much less in life that uh, really is really getting to you at that point. So that's another way to think about it. And then what often happens uh, at that stage, um, after you've kind of passed your black belt test, is you may find other people starting to reach out to you for help with a similar theme. Um, So, for example, like once I I had some heavy beliefs around like money, about how money is real and I have to work hard to get money and all this stuff. And like I really had like a huge release around that and I totally shifted that belief in the dream and it just completely changed my whole reality. I had money coming to me just whenever I needed, without working at all, and there was just no fears around it. I, I didn't even look at the prices of things when I was ordering at the menu, ordering off a menu, and you know, just so freeing to just not like we don't we don't realize how much money runs our life. Almost every experience in our whole life is like we basically say, okay, we try to predict the value we get it and value we get from it, then we divide it by the amount it costs, and then we decide whether to do it or not. Imagine every scenario except without the denominator. It's not divided by the cost. It's just what do I want? Like, what what do I want the most? What what will provide me the most value? Um, and then you just get that, and you never even think about money. Like, it's not even like being a billionaire because being a billionaire, you still have money um, that you need to protect, and you could lose it. But in this case, like, you just have this underlying belief that money doesn't even exist, and that you just made it up completely, and you'll just always, as long as you, like, you just always have um, as much as you want. And so as soon as I had really like integrated this, I had other friends um, reaching out to me about like certain like fears around money and things they wanted to do in their life, but they felt they didn't have enough money. And then I had to sort of play this role of like teaching them and um, not not even teaching them, but just like sort of supporting them and providing some guidance as they sort of released this uh, this this lies about money that we that we started believing at some point. Um, And 
Yeah, so, so that's, I think that's just a part of the integration process. It's a part of integrating it because it, you, know, you don't really know something until you can even teach it, you know, um, and until you've experienced yourself. So now you've experienced it yourself, you've come out on the other side, you've gone through the ringer, you're now even able to teach it to other people, it integrates it, it locks it in even more in you because you know, it, by, by speaking about it, you're, you're really empowering that new belief, right? The, the new belief that money doesn't exist, right? The more you say it to other people, the more you tell people, other people about it, the more it reinforces that more, um, that, that, that the, the antithesis of that heavy line of code that was keeping your outdated software in its crappy uh, runtime, in its, in its crappy state. And um, yeah, so that, that often happens. So don't be surprised if that happens. And that's also part of the gift. Like, wow, what a joy. Like, now you actually have learned something and can, can help somebody with it. So that's also part of the inherent gift of this whole healing process. Not only do you feel more free, but now you have this amazing way that you can help other people and this wonderful experience of, of helping another person. And um, yeah, so it's just, it's very, it's very empowering. And uh, it also, don't be surprised if some of you release some of these beliefs, and even without talking to anybody about it, you start seeing other people act differently, right? Because your, your projector <laughs> adjusted. And now all of a sudden, you find that um, that like partner that was constantly triggering you in a certain way or being triggered by you, they're just all of a sudden not anymore. And you're like, wow, that's weird. How, how is my, my partner just like all of a sudden acting so different? Um, and it's because you corrected your projector um, so it's projecting something different now because you, you don't believe the same thing that you did before. Um, so that's a little bit about the healing process. Um, hope that it's helpful for people. I know it's kind of long and um, feels kind of cumbersome, but um, it's totally worth the investment in doing it. And, and you can always do like a mini version of it too. Like if you're not always in a position where you can go through that kind of lengthy process, and you know, you can do it in stages, right? In the moment, you might just immediately remind yourself, okay, this is, this is just a dream. I'm creating this scenario. It's just all symbolic. It's meant here to teach me something. I don't know what it's about yet. I don't know what it's about yet, but I know it's not a bad thing, right? It's a good thing. I'm feeling these negative emotions. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I can deal with this. You know, um, I'm like, I'm creating this whole scenario. There's nothing bad going on here. And uh, I'm going to feel these emotions a bit. I'm going to re I'm going to recognize. Okay, there's some lie here going about going on about this. I'm going to restate the truth. Restate the truth. Restate the truth. You know, you can just do like a little mini version of that in your head. And then when you have time later in the day, you can maybe do like a more extensive um, version of it uh, when you have time. So that's another way to think about it. Um, if if it's logistically can be difficult. Um, and also just remember like the larger context here, right? The larger context here is this is about evolution, right? This is just like these, all these um, moments of suffering is helping you evolve. It's helping you evolve your level of consciousness in a very positive way. And eventually until you just, you, you're, you're also just another way to think about it is like you're releasing your attachments to the dream. So like you, you've got, again, you have all it's ever been is these five senses and thoughts arising in an empty space. That's all that's ever happened here. The rest of it you made up, but of course, easier said than done. And that's what an attachment is, right? Like in Buddhism, you hear about, you hear about attachment, you know, attachment, attachment, attachment. Attachment is just a belief in the dream, right? You're just, you're just, there's something in you that believes in the dream, right? So in this scenario with like seeing that picture on Facebook that triggered you, you believed that this picture actually meant that there are two other people somewhere else outside of yourself doing something and that there is a you, like a real you, that like whose self-worth is affected by something. And like, you know, so it's just, 
you know, when you deconstruct all these lies, um, you know, it basically um, lets go of your attachment to the dream more and more and more. And then like slowly, it'll get to like even deeper beliefs. So it might start with the self-worth stuff, but then certain things come up that are shaking your beliefs of whether you even, or not you're even a human. And then certain beliefs of whether you're, you're even in a world at all, there's even an earth. And then like, you know, so it just, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and, and again, some of these things can seem negative when you just hear about them, but it's really not. It's really like kind of like you becoming God again. Um, and it's pretty awesome being God because <laughs> you, you already are, uh, but you forgot or you're pretending you forgot to have this experience and that's just kind of how the game is played. So um, when you talk about attachment and when people talk about attachment, it's basically you're just, and all these lies, they're just beliefs in the dream. It's you are believing in this dream. You are seeing these five sensory experiences arising and you're making something up about it and then you're believing it. And so slowly but surely you believe less and less and less in the dream um, and you become more and more lucid um, and you can have much more unlimited experience because again your beliefs are what literally keep your beliefs determine the laws by which reality functions so like similarly with the money thing if you believe that money is difficult money will um, money will always be difficult to get but that's because your beliefs determine the way reality functions it's not physics it's you <laughs> you know I, I i'm really like of the hypothesis even that if you really didn't believe if you had no identification with this body and that you totally believe that you could fly like sure why can't you fly you could teleport you can change your scenery right teleportation we talked about just changing the scenery of your dream um, there's no reason why you should have any limitation like even uh, telekinesis right like if you are actually projecting all the things in your dream why can't you move like one like move the the your your glass of water from one side of the table to the other like i totally believe that that stuff is possible um so just remember these are just like slowly and slowly d detaching from the dreams you can have a much more unlimited and lucid experience and creative experience and um again it's not just like a better like having better tools to play around the sandbox it's also accompanied with a deeper sense of your true nature you naturally it's ironic because as soon as you accept all these these like shadow parts of you and heal them and let them out you suddenly all the, all those personal development goals you have all those things that you that you didn't like about yourself that you wanted to change all of those things start coming to you all of those things that you you didn't care about anymore and you finally accepted about yourself now they're gone now you do really feel unconditionally loving towards everybody now you do really you know um don't feel jealousy when you think about like your exes and you just generally want them to be happy like no matter how that manifest you know so it's basically as these lies drop away suddenly all the qualities that you once <laughs> aspired to um you start having them but it's not like you acquired these qualities they were always ar already there you're sort of just removing all of the code that made them otherwise and um that kind of also just like brings me into a general common issue with personal development is so what happens with personal development and spiritual development as well and with enlightenment and pretty much all the religions is that 
we kind of create this image of what like a successful person or spiritual person looks like, right? If you're on the spiritual path, it might be someone that's enlightened, that doesn't get bothered ever by anything, and they have perfect love for all beings, and they're perfectly wise, and all this stuff. And if you're in like modern Western society, it might be somebody that has a wife and kids, and is a successful business person, and also does philanthropy on the side, and they also, by the way, play guitar, and they also, by the way, um, juggle for kids at the uh, you know cancer foundation and like all this stuff and they also like never feel jealousy or obviously or any of that stuff that petty stuff as well so we kind of like create this image of your head in our heads of what a spiritual person or what a successful person is and then we just try to copy that <laughs> we try to like pretend we basically try to pretend to be that and we try to emulate those qualities instead of realizing that like no that that that's that you don't have to do that. Like that, that, that's literally just adding more layers onto your ego. Like you're literally just creating more lines of code. You don't wanna create more lines of code. You don't wanna create more lines of code. That's just creating more work for you. You want to just remove all the qualities, all the uh, qualities you could say, but more like um, remove all of the code that you already have. Um, and then naturally you will embody the, like what you were always looking to be. You know, so it's actually kind of ironic that uh, all these people that you looked up to and emulated, like you didn't really want to be any of those people. You just wanted to be you. And you being you is actually like the best news you could be because everyone is different for a reason. You don't need to be Elon Musk. You need to be you. There's already, there's already an Elon Musk. You came here to have one specific experience of consciousness and to allow that experience to come forth. So don't conform, like don't like have images of what you want to be and then try to like copy other people you need to just remove any blocks to you acting as much you as you can <laughs> that's what you're kind of do so it's not really personal development it's personal undevelopment you're undeveloping you're, you're removing all of these beliefs that you have that make you um, think that it's not okay to be who you are so it's kind of like this paradox because on the one hand there is a problem because like you're not acting like yourself so you need to act more like you but then this whole idea that you even need to change something is kind of getting in the way, right? And that's kind of why people talk about how enlightenment eludes them because they, they realize they're not enlightened, right? That like their, their experience of the world, they know there's, there's something going on here that's fishy. But so then they try to try to change something. They try to change something and grow or whatever into something that's more enlightened. But that whole thing doesn't work because the whole thing that you need to change is be more accepting of who you are. So if you're going to change more, you're, you're going to change something. The thing you need to change is being realizing that you don't have anything to change, that everything's already okay as it is. So, but, but, but you don't believe everything's okay as it is. You don't believe everything's already okay as it is. So you have to, so that you do have to change. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic. So if there's anything you need to change, it's being more comfortable with everything in reality happening exactly as it is with you being exactly as you are and if anything being more of you right <laughs> being more unapologetically you and um that's kind of like what this is about so it's not about like you know and, and then ironically like probably all those qualities that you aspire to those will naturally come out so like even something as as nice as like generosity right like who wouldn't want to be more generous i'm trying to be more generous don't you want to be more generous like don't worry about that like are you generous right now or aren't you okay let's start there like you're just not generous <laughs> get over it you know get over the fact you're not generous it's okay and then um you know gradually as you like undevelop these different aspects of 
the ego that are blocking it, you might actually find that because you feel so full, you feel so good, you feel so you, you you've, you've removed all of these lies about money and all this kind of stuff, you all of a sudden becoming, become more generous. Um, and Because that's the thing, like the people that you're emulating, the people that you want to emulate, there is a reason for that, right? They do, they do like, they do symbolize something in your dream. And um, it is like, it's okay to take notice of that. Um, but again, the difference is like how to get there. And um, similarly, like, think, it, and it, it's mostly because they believe something different. It's not that they're better than you, but they just don't believe as many lies as you do, basically, is the, is the only case. So like, for example, this past year, I've been very quote unquote generous with my money. I've given away thousands of dollars to people that I've met and um, that I like, that basically anyone that like asked me for money and I felt like it was intuitively the right thing to do, I would give them money. I'd paid for many people to go to uh, like school and that couldn't afford school and even university and all this kind of stuff. And I didn't really do things like that before, but it, it's, <laughs> I would love to say it's because now I'm just so generous. I'm so generous now. I'm so, no, no, it's not that like I'm so generous now. It's just, <laughs> it's really just that I, I believe that money isn't real anymore and that I, I always have unlimited money. So I don't believe that me giving someone money means that I have less money. So it's very easy for me to give people money now because I don't believe that money's real. Um, similarly, now I realize when someone's asking me for money, it's not really that there's there's someone separate from me who wants money, right? It, it's, it's a scenario being presented symbolic scenario being presented in my dream to help me learn something, right? Perhaps it's helping detach me from the idea that money is limited. Perhaps it's also um, detaching me from the idea that this person is actually separate from me and they're not just me wearing a different mask. So with that, so with that correction of perception, now when someone asking me for money, even if it's a large amount, like a few thousand dollars to put them through like their master's program and you know in, in some other country I was traveling in like it's not hard for me to do anymore because um, you know it was initially but like over time you know you get the white belt yellow belt blue belt whatever now like I have no problem giving them money because first of all again I feel money's unlimited second of all I realize I'm just paying myself because I don't see I realize that this person is a reflection of me they're just me with a different mask on so I'm actually very literally like paying myself it's like sure you want me to pay myself and then I still equally have the same amount of money, which is unlimited anyway. So <laughs> it's like, it's not hard. So it's not, again, in, in that scenario, it's not like I am more generous. I am more loving. I am so selfless. It's just that I don't believe any of these limitations anymore. You know, <laughs> same thing with fear. Like a lot of things have, uh, like one of my main lessons that I've been getting recently, I might make a whole different recording about this is about trust. Um, so really trusting um, that, like kind of, you know, spirit, whatever you want to call it, the current, um, the the flow of life, um, like has my back, you know, and that uh, and, and and the only purpose of it is existing to deconstruct my beliefs. So uh, basically, a lot of really like pretty crazy stuff has happened to me <laughs> this past year and a half that tested me more and more to trust deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, like, for example, um, one time I was in, uh, when I was in the Amazon, I, like I think I mentioned previously, I was, I spent time like on this wooden platform um, in the middle of the jungle with no walls, um, just a thatched roof on top, um, you know, pretty much by myself, like not really seeing anybody else throughout the whole day. 
um, barely eating just like little small little bowl of, uh, of, of quinoa every day and, you know, bathing in the, in the waterfall and all that stuff. And it was, it was pretty scary though, because you're literally in the middle of the Amazon jungle. So you have like spiders the size of your, your hand, just like chilling, you know, like they would climb right under like the mosquito net and just be chilling in my little mosquito net and all this kind of stuff. And then, uh, so one day I, um, you know, I really got like a big lesson around this whole surrender thing and letting go and trusting. And then um, later that day, <clears throat> a friend of mine um, was had, had a deck of like tarot cards, and he was like, he's like, oh, pull tarot card. I was like, oh, tarot cards. What is this tarot card thing? You believe in this stuff? I pulled tarot card, and it was like this uh, picture of a bat hanging upside down, and it said like something like, you will, you know, you will be um, tested on your ability to surrender very soon or whatever. Um, so then, shortly after, when I was in this. Uh, in this, uh, they called it, uh, in Amazon, they call it tambo, when you're sort of like in isolation. Um, I went to, I was hanging up my shorts to dry, and I went to pick up, pick up my shorts, and I felt the most painful sensation ever on my finger, like 1,000 wasps had just suddenly stung my finger, and I literally like fell to the floor in pain. Um, and I was like freaking out, freaking out, freaking out, and then eventually like the pain kind of dissipated, and I was like, what the hell was that? And I look at my shorts on the floor and I see there's a scorpion on, on, on my shorts that was chilling on the other side of my shorts. So literally when I grabbed my shorts, I pushed my finger directly into its stinger. And uh, at first I like kind of freaked out, freaked out, freaked out, freaked out. And then um, I was about to just like go run um, and like try to get to a hospital or something like that. And then it just hit me. I was like, oh, wait, the tarot card, oh, this whole lesson of trust and surrender. Oh, wait, yeah, like I'm in a dream. Nothing, none of this is actually real. It's just testing on my ability to detach from it and believe in it. And, you know, it, was just, it all came back to me. And I just started laughing. I started just like cracking up. Um, and again, at this point, I was in a very deep state of trust. So it had to give me like a really hard test in order to like even try like try to shake me. So I was just like, I just started laughing and laughing. I knew what it was, it was about. Um, I still like, you know, wasn't, I still like went to the, uh, the shaman at the place and, and told him about it. And then he started laughing cause he, he knew what it was about. And then he basically just like blew on my finger. It was like, <laughs> just blew my finger <laughs> and put some like lip balm on it or something. And then, um, you know, that was it. And, and, uh, it, it was fine. You know, I basically like, I got a tingling feeling up my, oh, actually it did progress for a bit. Like it still tried to like test me. So well, the next few days, first, like, my finger was numb, then my whole hand was numb, then I couldn't feel my entire arm, and I was like, oh, crap, maybe I should get some medical attention, but then that was more. It was more just, like, the dream trying to scare me, trying to test me, trying to test my ability to trust. I was like, no, the arm is fine. The arm is fine. There's nothing wrong. Like, this is just whatever, and then everything ended up being fine. Nothing, nothing. Uh, the feeling immediately started to return to my arm. It was all cool. So, you know, people listen to this, you probably think I'm crazy. <laughs> but this is just, this is not even like, this is just the beginning of the levels of like tests that I've gotten around trust. I'll maybe, I'll probably make a whole other episode about it. But the point of this whole rant was that it wasn't that I was brave, right? People, people, especially in Western culture, we really idealize the of bravery, like the hero who uh, fought against all odds and, and wasn't scared and whatever and you know like no it wasn't that I was brave like I, I would have normally been scared shitless the only reason I wasn't scared is because I, I had deconstructed this lie that 
like there was actually something wrong happening. Like I didn't, I didn't believe that there was, I really didn't believe that something wrong was happening. I knew that, especially with this tarot card was kind of like assisting me a little bit because I was still, you know, um, early on there, but like that, that kind of helped me a little bit. I was like, oh yeah, the tarot card, yeah, this is all just a part of the test, you know? So I didn't really fully believe that anything bad was happening. So I didn't need to be brave. <laughs> what would be, would have been brave is if I didn't believe this and I got stung by the scorpion, then I was still like, oh, Mr. Tough Guy, it's okay. Like maybe that is more the societal definition of brave or something, but there was nothing brave about this. It was just a correct perception of what was happening. Um, so when you have a correct perception of what is happening, you naturally appear brave and generous and all this stuff. Um, so anyway, this was quite a long rant, so I'll, uh, leave this off here for now. Um, I hope some part of this, uh, resonated with you and, um, and of course, like there's all sorts of things I discuss here. Some of them are pretty off the wall, I will admit. <laughs> um, so, you know, just, just trust that you don't have to like throw the baby out with the bathwater here, you know? So if some part of this episode um, seemed a little kooky to you and you were like, okay, I, I don't believe anything this guy, crazy guy is saying. He obviously spent too much time in the jungle. A couple wires got crossed. That's totally cool. Don't worry about it. I'm not offended. Um, however, that doesn't mean you have to throw out everything, right? So if some parts of it resonate with you, cool, like take that, go with that. Perhaps that was the thing that you were meant to hear at this time. If something um, didn't resonate with you, cool, like just no worries. Just like you don't have to worry about that point. And uh, maybe at some point, other uh, different stage of your journey, you'll listen to it again and maybe it will resonate with you or maybe it'll never resonate with you. Maybe you were only meant to get a couple chunks out of this and that, that's cool too. So um, and the same thing with like the believing thing, right? Like on the other side of the fence, like don't just like take all this stuff, stuff as fact and like not get treatment if you're bitten by a scorpion, you know, um, if you're stung by a scorpion, you know, it's all relative to my experiences and the lessons that I was learning at the time and the beliefs that I had at the time. So, um, you know, just be, just be mindful of that, not to be too rejecting of anything, not to be too accepting of everything, but just use it as like pointers, validation, ideas, um, to potentially walk into a new experience of life um, that you can test slowly, right? You don't have to like go right into getting stung by scorpions and it won't work like that anyways. You'll just dip your toe in first and then you'll kind of uh, gradually build up to other types of experiences. But again, this is all leading towards you just being at this point where the dream can throw any any collection of five senses and thoughts at you and it doesn't matter like you just feel like this invincible imper impervious karate <laughs> guy you know like this like karate master who it doesn't matter what collection of five senses and thoughts get thrown at you 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 never lose that sense of peace happiness joy love you know that it's all a dream you know that it's all created out of love nothing can change that it's all happening perfectly and that's kind of what your slowly going to be moving towards and the best part it's inevitable you don't have to grasp at it it's going to happen in its own time in the perfect way gradually so you can appreciate each moment along the way so <clears throat> don't worry about it you will be mr miyagi soon enough <laughs> i love mr miyagi um so that said i love you so much i wish you so much peace so much joy so much love on your journey um, I hope, again, some part of this was helpful for you, and I hope you have an amazing day and wishing you lots of healing.